Hi, welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Peter Bulmer, owner of Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring issues facing today's Canadian aftermarket professionals, sponsored by SiriusXM Canada. SiriusXM is making it possible to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. Go to SiriusXM.ca slash four shops for details. Today, we are joined by Al Wheeler on this episode of the podcast. So, Al, thanks for coming on. This is the second installment of our Shop Pros series. So, our listeners should be pretty familiar already with the company. But can you give us an intro to yourself? How long have you been in the automotive market? What drew you to specifically the training and business coaching side of things? Uh, Thanks for having me, Peter, first of all. you know, I've had the good fortune of being in this industry for about 40 years now, so uh, I've gotten to see and experience quite a bit. Traditionally worked in the commercial parts side of the business, serving shops of all shapes and sizes. And then along the road, I've had the opportunity to serve on the board of uh, ASE, as well as be the chairman of the board and CEO of the Automotive Maintenance and Repair Association, which also runs the Motors Assurance Program you may be familiar with. So. So, you know, really been associated with shops uh, my entire career. I, I actually landed at Shop Pros quite by accident due to the relationship I had with one of the founders uh, and a shared passion that we had for providing business planning tools for the shop that he developed 25 years ago, for that matter, really piqued my interest. Uh, he reached out to me several years ago to uh, get me to look at the progress they'd made in developing the product. Uh, when I saw what they had done, I was hooked. And, and came on board and ultimately uh, became CEO. So I think many shop owners don't have or didn't have the opportunity to go to business school. So what we wanted to bring was a simple planning and performance improvement tool. Our, our tagline is accelerating success, but really our goal is to change people's lives and really build value into their business. So, so that's kind of quickly my background. So, you, so you've got a, a year or two of experience, you could say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell people I started when I was 10, so. Well, you don't look a day over 40, don't worry. With, with Jack, when Jack was on the podcast, we talked a lot about sort of the, the business planning stage of things, the how to run an effective business, things to look out for. With you, I'd like to talk a little bit more of the importance of culture, specifically in business. And not only culture within a shop, but also dealing with customers, also I mean, to take a younger person's sort of term, the vibe. So I think it's more important, you know, when somebody's experiencing a workplace that has either end of that extreme on the range. So whether it's a horrible culture, a toxic culture, or if it's an amazing culture, you notice a little bit more. Now, how much do you think that culture, the business culture, is a determining factor in the success of a shop, moreover, in any business? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Uh, and I think a lot of times when shop owners hear the word, word culture, they relate it to businesses. Uh, they typically think bigger companies operating multiple locations or for large enterprises. And that's kind of their frame of reference. I, I would argue that culture is just as important, if, if even not more important in a small family-owned business as it is for those large entities. As you point out, you know, there's not necessarily a right or wrong culture, but there's definitely a good or bad culture. Culture is a reflection of leadership 
your values. And by that, I mean what you stand for. Uh, and those, uh, and for those of you out there uh, listening to us that think that may think you don't have a culture, uh, I would beg to differ because if you don't have a stated culture through a purpose statement or a list of shared values, your culture simply becomes what you tolerate or allow to happen in your business. So it's the way you talk, how you treat people, and how you engage customers. That's why it's so important, I believe, to establish the non-negotiables in your business and even more importantly, have people, have your people know them, believe in them and ultimately exhibit them daily. So an example, a good example of that that I've used in the past is, is Disney, which is a, a family owned culture, if you will. They have a one of their non-negotiables is the use of foul language by any of their cast members. It's actually a fireable offense. So that's one of the things that they put a stake in the ground in. So I define culture as kind of the accepted norms and values that guide the behavior of a group. It's a key component of the strategic direction and success of a business. I think culture and leadership are inextricably linked together with each other. And and also it's critical in attracting and retaining talent, uh, I believe, uh, which allows you to create that exceptional customer experience. So I think it's vitally important for today's shop, especially given uh, the way the, the market is and the way consumers behave. I couldn't agree more. And not only in the codification, because I think culture runs a little bit deeper than just a stated mission statement or list of goals. It's just how you interact every day. It's the sort of energy you give off. It's, it's how you treat other people. But this actually brings me to kind of another interesting question for you. Now, you mentioned it starts with leadership. Do you think employees have a role in shaping the culture as well? Or is this almost always a from the top down kind of environment. You know, I guess maybe a top down approach works with some people, but I think it's much more effective if you start with engaging your team. It's actually not as hard as you might think to have your staff play a part in the process. You know, at ShopRose, we're we're strong believers in what we call a daily toolbox meeting where everyone gets together preferably at the start of the day, you know, really just to communicate anything that's going on in the business, review the work, uh, any, any things that's, anything that's going on. And that's a perfect place to me to start the discussion by simply asking them maybe to come up with a one-word description of what your culture is and see what words they come back with. I, I, we've done it within ShopRos and we found that it's very interesting and surprising. Uh, remembering that you can substitute beliefs or values to your point for the word culture, because that, I mean, I, I'm not sure that everyday technician advisor connect with the word culture, but it's really about what are our beliefs and values. Uh, because at the end of the day, you really want something that's meaningful that people can hold on to above the daily tasks that, you know, a technician or advisor is performing. So two important steps for me are, are you're establishing that statement, purpose statement, as you said, why, you know, which is really why you exist. Doesn't need to be fancy. It can be simple as we take care of your vehicles so you can live life worry-free. It has meaning to the consumer, uh, whatever your team comes up with. But you also have to, my challenge is to make it meaningful to your customers. Uh, and then, then that leads to defining what those values are uh, and how the values are really about how you expect to treat each other and your customers. 
typically revolve around things like integrity, honesty, safety, things like that, uh, things that are important to you, your team, and, and certainly your customers. So that gets you partway down the road, Peter. I think your point is well taken that really the communication and modeling take over from there. If, if a, a mission or purpose statement or values are things that you just hang on a wall, then they're going to be largely ineffective. They have to become part of your DNA in everyday life to be effective. To me, another part of culture is how a shop runs, I mean, behind the scenes almost. Is it, you know, are the techs being, you know, micromanaged? Are they or are they allowed to have fun at work? Are they allowed to joke around? What are some simple steps that a shop owner can take to improve the culture or the general employee satisfaction on a day-to-day level as opposed to some sweeping big change? Yeah, I think it's, you know, we went through an exercise within our shop pros members as well, and I'm, I'm happy to to provide it to any of your listeners that want to reach out to you or me, but it, it was really a culture quiz, if you will, and part of it was, you know, for a shop owner to open themselves up to say, you know, even have the employees, anonymously if you want to, to describe their management style, describe their shop operations, whether it would be rigid, kind of inflexible, is it a fun atmosphere? And so it, it starts with understanding what your people feel like, because it may not be the same as what you feel like. You may feel like you have this open atmosphere where anybody can come to you and and it might quite be the opposite. So I think customers actually feel your culture a lot of times the minute they walk in the door. They experience it through your team. So how are they greeted? Or are they ignored? Do they feel like they're a valued part of the business because the way you you talk to them is part of a family or are they kind of just an imposition or an interruption to your day? And I think COVID has certainly challenged us all uh, in different ways, but it also has impacted your team. And and it's really about describing uh, to me uh, the question, the answer to the question, do you have a group of individuals that are working in the same building or a team that cares about each other and creating a great customer experience? So, and, and that reflection is pretty easy to see, I think. So having those values, you know, having open communication, uh, continually doing check-ins with not only your people, but even with with the reviews and the, the things your customers are saying about you is critical to understanding where you've got opportunity to improve because I believe culture is an evergreen process too. It's an evolving process. It, it's never ending. Uh, it's something you build upon. So where you, as you may not be satisfied with where you're at today, you can always put things in place uh, to get better as you go down that that journeys. Yeah. And there's a couple of things you just mentioned there. I wanted to make sure I touched on or followed up with, you, know, you mentioned that you had uh, like a feedback mechanism for employees to kind of comment on the culture of their shop. Historically, I mean, we've had these basically everywhere, everywhere I've ever worked. The sort of common issue is that employees feel that they can't be honest or that they'll be reprimanded in some way or, you know, this, that, or the other. Did you find that techs are a little bit more willing to open up about this, or is that sort of a perennial issue that you have to combat? Well, I think it's it's an indicator of the of your culture, in fact, because we did suggest to people that if there was an issue in that regard, if they felt like technicians would not be straightforward, honest, you know, in an open setting, to do the, the you know the 
the culture uh, evaluation, if you will, anonymously. So I think that starts where if you feel like you have to do it anonymously or if you feel like people will hold back, yeah, then it's a reflection of, of where you're at. So uh, it's, it's pretty telling. We tried to make it was very simple. There was basically 10 or 11 questions in there and, and fairly straightforward. That is very that informs where you're at as a you know as a baseline and then describes where you've got to go. And I think it's a, a great place to start in opening the conversation and getting people to a point where you have really open dialogue every on a regular basis with all your team. They're actually working to help you improve the business. So it's not as an owner, you're on an island, you've got an actual team behind you. And that's one of the things we preach at ShopRose is building that team, because we all know that managing a shop today can can be extremely stressful. So you mentioned the COVID thing and sort of the switch we had there. Now, obviously, we all had to switch how we're doing business, in-person businesses, shops specifically. Have you noticed that there's been a change in any negative workplace cultures, especially as shops adjust to COVID? I mean, there's a steep learning curve for everybody. People have been forced to do tasks they don't normally do either for the sake of being afloat or for customer safety or for employee safety. Have you found that there's a change in communication styles, expectations, or overworking of stuff? I think it's been an opportunity, Peter, to, to for shop owners to at least start the dialogue and open up communication because obviously we're all facing something that we've never experienced probably in our lives and hopefully never will again for that matter. So, and it, it's really cared for because I, I doubt that anybody doesn't know someone who was adversely affected by the pandemic. Yeah. So it, it allows the caring conversation as well. And, you know, I use Southwest Airlines as an example. When Herb Keller started Southwest, Southwest Airlines, his primary ex- customer experience initiative was to treat his employees well and he felt like if employees had fun at work and and enjoyed what they were doing and felt like they were cared for then they would in turn care for their customers so we would translate in that fashion and and i think you know COVID has allowed hopefully business owners that may not have been involved personally in the lives of their team uh, to become more involved and have those open conversations that leads to really uh, this feeling of the team where everybody's involved and and you do when when a team experiences adversity they come together and they make sacrifices so doing those things that they may not have been used to doing or asking a tech to do something that they haven't normally done really just becomes a part of the process because of the team that you built so I, i think it's actually been helpful in a lot of ways to for us to live through this together and and hopefully uh become better uh because of it I really like that that perspective of taking a negative, having the opportunity to make something positive out of it. It's very refreshing. Following up, but this is one of my last questions here. I don't want to keep you all day. What are some larger scale trends that you're seeing culture-wise? What is the general state of the industry in terms of business culture, specifically when it comes to independent shops? You know, I'm, I'm actually encouraged by what I see happening in independent shops, especially related to creating exceptional customer experience, uh, which is a, a reflection of culture. Uh, you know, we're in a unique business. Our businesses must be built on trust, something that's not necessarily easy to, to accomplish when you have a complex technological vehicle. 
coupled with the fact that it's likely the customer's most second most valuable asset. And then they don't really understand how the systems work uh, related to that vehicle. So, you know, part of our job is to educate customers and and kind of take time to nurture them through the repair or maintenance process, which again, leads into the culture conversation. I think one of the challenges that shops are going to face in that both now and in the future really is how well are they able to translate their culture digitally through their web presence and through other social media uh, opportunities. Uh, you know, as consumer decisions make consumer decision making is increasingly impacted by social involvement, engagement, we have to learn to adapt our message from a traditional face-to-face interaction, which is where we build trust uh, historically to one that can translate uh, to a prospective customer or an existing customer digitally, uh, if that makes sense. So I, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I see facing shop owners as, as they you know, take that culture with a developed and strong and they've got a, a loyal customer base. But how do you how does that discovery work for a new customer that's that's primarily using digital myth methods to uh, to source automotive maintenance or repair? Al, if you could give our listeners one key takeaway today that they implement into their business to improve their culture, what would that be? Well, you know, building a high-performing team uh, is hard work. It takes effort. You have to dedicate the effort. Certainly, it requires that you have high-performing people, but they have to work together as a team. They have to share your vision for what you want to accomplish in your business. Again, as I said, it's not easy, but I think it's definitely worth the effort. Operating shop is hard. Uh, it, it's I've described it as probably one of the hardest jobs that are out there, as, I, as I've seen in, in my career. Uh, it's, uh, it's definitely harder than a podcast host, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's for sure. It's harder than what I do, for sure. I have the utmost respect. Managing people, managing expectations from customers, uh, and and you know certainly the changing landscape of those customer expectations and vehicle ownership and all that goes along with managing your social rep- reputation. So, I think it's easy to let all that pile up and become a stress producer. And and so I think I would just challenge uh, you to have take the time to have the you know to build a team to build a strong culture. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's, it's a lot about communication and making that come to life in your business. It will smooth out the bumps in your ro- in the road. Uh, it'll make your life a little better. And I know it's not comfortable for a lot of people, but it's just a matter of stepping out there and starting that. And certainly there's a lot, I'm sure a lot of people out there in the industry that can help you do that. That's certainly one of our primary emphasis here at Shop Pros. So, um, it's just to step out and, and really involve your team and, and build a team that's going to take you to the next level. That, that's critical, I think. It's funny. It's, it's, very, it's kind of along the same vein as um, last episode's, Jack. You mentioned a similar takeaway. I, I, I can see that you guys definitely hammer on the same sort of guiding principles there. Now, Al, one final question before I let you go. Now, being in the automotive industry, obviously, we love cars. Work your heads all to a certain extent. What is your all-time favorite vehicle? I'm not necessarily a car guy that gets caught up in what they drive. I currently have a 2016 Jeep Wrangler. I am intrigued by the new technology. So uh, my wife and I were talking the other day, and you know, she's you know, our son is getting an age where he's going to start driving, and obviously the Jeep is what he's got his eye on. So what our next car would be. And, you know, she looked, you know, she looked at a Tesla the other day and said, you know, that wouldn't be a bad thing. So I, I think more of that would be the new technology vehicle for me. 
would be something that would be interesting for me to at least drive and and get a better understanding of of where we're going to go in the longer term future. I still think the internal combustion engine is going to dominate our our space for many, many years to come. But it is interesting, the new technologies that are out there. This has been another episode of Auto Service World Conversations with your host, Peter Bowler. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And thank you, as always, to SiriusXM Canada for being our title sponsor.